Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the MyW Sports NCAA Volleyball Special. We can now say officially the second annual MyW Sports NCAA Volleyball Official. I'll be your host, Kyle Westcott, today, followed along by Lou Sanchez. How you doing, Lou? Good. I'm really excited. I know I know we had plans to get to this um, very sooner, but I'm, I'm excited for this. It's been a really exciting tournament. The teams um, that we're going to get to talk about are some of the best in the country, and uh, they've proven that for some time now. So I'm I'm just really excited is, is my word for today. I, I think the great thing, too, about uh, NCAA volleyball is that there isn't really an established uh, kind of professional league that, that gets as much recognition as NCAA uh, volleyball does. So it's still kind of the, the premier uh the premier competition for the, the volleyball, unless you're in the Olympics or, or going further in, in that uh, form. So, so we're going to jump right in uh, last year, as you know, as, as we talked about uh, 52 weeks ago today uh, in 2015, Nebraska corn Huskers took home the NCAA volleyball championship, defeating Texas uh, just miles up the road in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, they got there by knocking off Kansas and Texas beat Minnesota. And lo and behold, here we are a year later, and we're going to talk about Nebraska and Texas and Minnesota again. And I, I think that's kind of a key when, when you have a, a team or you have a program that is uh, year after year in the mix. I think that that's a, a very important thing. And we see it in multiple sports. And, and Lewis, kind of talk about the – those programs that are able to continue it year after year after year and are in the mix, um, you know, what does that say not only for the program, but for the players that are on the teams as well? Yeah, I think that's huge. And, you know, going into this year, a lot of people expected Nebraska to kind of have a great season. They returned um, the Rolfins, uh, excuse me, Rolfin twins. Um, and, you know, having them on board is, is huge for that offense. But you talked about some of the other programs, you know, one of the names that you mentioned that didn't make it uh, or we won't be able to talk about um, this year is Kansas. Kansas won the, the, the conference title. They made it to the Final Four last year, but they were upset uh, in the second round by Creighton. So you talk about teams like that that have been there before but now are getting knocked off by, by programs that nobody expected. Um, that's kind of the growth of the game that we talk about on our, on our podcast, MyW Sports 
uh, Sports Monday where you want to see that. And even a team like Penn State that has that tradition and that history, they're in the tournament at 24-9. and nine. Yeah, they're going up against the number one seed, Nebraska. But there's some people who say, hey, um, this is a storied program, and they might they might be able to pull off an upset and make a good run. And, and I'm, I'm of that notion as well. I think Penn State's a team to watch out for uh, as well in this tournament. And that's the great thing about volleyball is is that it doesn't matter if you have played once, twice, you haven't played during the season, anybody can win. And if you can get on a streak, it doesn't matter. You know, the great thing as well is that it's a five-set match. So if, if you can even lose the first two, maybe you don't start that that great. But if you can come back from it and continue to battle and send it to a fifth game, um, you know, that that's something that happens more so in volleyball than I think in most other sports where, where it doesn't matter, you know, kind of that first game is done and over with. Now you get to restart. You have to win three out of five. And, and that's a very difficult thing to do. Whether you're Nebraska who comes in at number one at 29 and two, or as you said, at Penn state ranked number 16 at 24 and nine. Or, or even Arizona surprising some people this mm. year, 20 and 14, uh, and they're in the Sweet 16. But but another fun fact here, Kyle, um, this is, I think, the first year since 2003 where the NCAA kind of went away from predetermined sites and allowed the top teams to host. And, and you're looking at some of the numbers for, you know, home teams hosting. I was looking at some of these numbers. The home teams are 59-3, and three, and some of these, you know, as you mentioned, some of these p- programs that are powerhouses and, and have been around for a long time, they generate some of the best attendance averages in all of college sports, not just volleyball, but in all of college sports. Um, so that's what makes this exciting, that atmosphere as well, where, you know, some of these teams will play at a place where they get 100, a couple hundred people in the stands, where you're playing at these institutions, um, you're going to get a couple thousand people in the stands. Absolutely. And and we'll start with that first matchup with Nebraska versus Penn State. There is no better place to play than Norman, Oklahoma. And, and you're going to have a, a – sorry, <laughs> in, yeah, Norman, Oklahoma. In, in Nebraska, you're not going to have a better place to play than in front of the Nebraska fans. They are, they are uh, just great volleyball fans. Not only are they the reigning champs, but this is a team that just knows how to win. They returned so much from last year, and as you mentioned, you have the Rolsons, Rolson twins returning. Uh, Katie Rolson leading the, the Cornhuskers with 340 kills this year. She's a dominant force, and, and she's not even, I think, probably the, the better of the, of, the, uh, of the attackers that they have. When we saw last year, when we saw Michaela Feck just de- deteriorate uh, the the opposing defenses and and if you can't keep her 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 attacks off the floor, she's going to continue to hit and hit and hit and and I think Nebraska here is going to have a, a pretty easy game and I know that's tough to say against a very good Penn State team, um, but I think that Nebraska is just too tough here for the pit, for the Penn State Nittany Lions. So and, and I agree. I think we mentioned the Twins and I think they're great. And you mentioned folk. Uh, she you know. I think was one of the unsung heroes of, of last year's tournament run for Nebraska. Uh, and when you have Kelly Hunter kind of setting it up and creating these opportunities for her teammates, um, she's the assist leader for the Cornhuskers. She's leading not only the team, but when you look at Penn State, their their assist leader is you know 100, almost 100, over 100 less um, services, I guess, than Hunter. And I think that's something to say that you know when you can you can score a lot and you have 
the ability to, to rely on, you know, whether it's Kelly or another teammate out there for Nebraska. Um, that offense just looks a little too high-powered for me, especially with Penn State. They're still a young team. They're still trying to figure themselves out. Um, so I, I, you're picking Nebraska. What are your keys for Nebraska? I think for Nebraska, I think you have to just be able to slow down uh, Penn State's leading attacker in Simone Lee. She is a very good uh, hitter. However, when you have the, the blocking power and the size that the Cornhuskers have, I think they're going to be able to shut her down. And unfortunately, there really isn't as much uh, power behind the attack for, for Penn State. It really comes down to if, if you can shut down Lee or not. And I think Nebraska is going to be able to do that. Absolutely. And, you know, 481 kills for Lee on the season. It's going to be a tough task. But how about for Penn State? I know Kendall White is a big player, uh, was a big player in that first matchup against Penn State early in the season, uh, or excuse me, earlier in November. What do you think about Penn State? What do they need to do to, if they can, pull off the upset? Well, like I said, with the, the size that Nebraska has, they're going to attack. They're going to hit some blocks. And, and Kendall White's position is, is very key to the, the Penn State and any Lions being able to stay in this. In that 3-2 that loss, in the much closer loss that they had with Nebraska this year, she had 32 digs. She was able to keep 32 balls off the floor that, that would have been for points that, that would have made that game not even close. And yet Penn State brought Nebraska to a fifth set uh, because of that amazing defensive effort. So if she can do that same thing, if she can keep everything off the floor, uh, they're going to have an opportunity. But that's going to be a lot to be done for one player when you're facing the, the attack power that Nebraska has. And I agree with that. I mean, looking at some of the series notes as well, uh, Nebraska leads the all-time series 18 to 10, and they've won five of the last six. Uh, and, and this is one of Penn State's down years. And it's hard to say that when you're a 16 seed in the tournament and in the Sweet 16, but um, this is their worst, uh, worst or most losses they've had since 1987, Kyle, where they finished mm-hmm. 24-9 and lost in that, uh, in that first round of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it, it is difficult. I mean, Penn State has been just a powerhouse for so long, and and uh, the last couple of years, unfortunately, they're they're falling behind the other Big Ten schools that are that are improving and moving towards the top. And and unfortunately, Penn State has not been moving in that same direction. Absolutely. Um, another game that we we talked about uh, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago now uh, was was Washington coming in at number eight. And I think the question mark here is, is why was Washington so low? At 28-4, and four, they come in at the eighth seed. Now, if they can get by Arizona, who comes in at 20-14, and 14, Washington's going to have an opportunity to face that Nebraska Cornhuskers team. And I think Washington is a solid team that may have an opportunity to knock off uh, the Cornhuskers before they get to the Final Four. Um, they did beat Arizona twice this year. They beat them 3-1 back in October, beat them 3-0 uh, in November. And, and when you look at Washington, again, I just talked about all the size that Nebraska has. I would say the exact same thing about Washington. They have size. They have depth of, of attack. Um, they just have an, a great all-around team. And, and I was very surprised when I saw that they came in at the eighth seed. But it could give us an amazing quarterfinal matchup between them and Nebraska in in just a couple more days. 
Yeah, I think that would be a fun one to watch, Nebraska versus Washington. Um, but I do want to shout out Arizona a little bit. They they had a big a big one against Michigan State. They came in, I think, losers of uh, four of their last six matches in the regular season before upsetting Michigan State. And I think that we talked about kind of the growth of the game. And Arizona, a team that really didn't have the year that they wanted to have, a couple of really close losses, 14 losses in totals, uh, the most in the Sweet 16 right now. So it's in, it's interesting to put up a team like Washington with Arizona. Um, it, it's a Pac-12, you know, affair, I guess, between these two teams. But, I, Kyle, I want to ask you about Washington's Courtney Schwann. She's been phenomenal all season. What are your thoughts about her play, especially in this one for Arizona? What do they have to do to kind of take her off the scoreboard? Well, I mean, that's just it. They're going to have to take her off the scoreboard. Um I think if you're able to slow down Schwan, though, I think Washington has enough else around her. I mean, I think specifically of Chrissy Jones, you know, she's a great outside hitter as well. And and they're going to be able to to attack in multiple different ways. And so, yeah, I, I think Arizona is going to have to shut down Schwan, but I, I don't think it's going to be as easy as just if you shut down Schwan, you win. Um, you know, I think that the – the Arizona hitters, uh, Kendra DeHeike and, and Kalia Maui, Mao, are going to have to just dominate if they're going to have any opportunity to win this. And uh, for Washington, I just think um, Arizona is an inconsistent team, and, and they just have to attack, uh, they just have to attack and, and play Husky volleyball. And if they can do that, then, then I think the Huskies are going to win this one probably pretty easily. So they did play each other twice with, Washington winning both. Um, so you have Washington taking the third one as well. Yeah, I think so. Like I said, I just think that they're too much. They're too far above Arizona right now, and 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 I was surprised that they were the even the eighth seed. So that they're even in this spot, you know, they could have been a, uh, I in my opinion, a four seed, um, but they didn't get that that high of a billing for some reason. So um, we'll see. Absolutely. So I got Washington as well. Should be a fun game. Um, I, you know, I do think it's going to be closer than people expect. I don't think it will be a clean sweep. Um, but I'd say four or five sets. I, I'd say four. I, I'd say it'd be a four setter. Okay. All right. We will see. <laughs> uh, one that I think we are going to have a little bit more to to disagree on here is the number twelve Michigan Wolverines coming in at twenty four and ten taking on Creighton at 28-6. and six. Uh, These two teams did not play during the regular season, so we don't have any uh, previous uh, examples of, of how they play against each other. Um, and I think here, I think this is two very evenly matched teams. As you said, uh, Creighton got a great upset to get to where they are now, and, and Michigan is, is not a, a, a dominant team, but they can be a very good team. Absolutely, and you talked about that upset. So here's my thing with Creighton is for a while, and I think I texted you this a couple of days after the first two rounds, I said, hey, Creighton's my next team um, because Hawaii obviously was eliminated, and I'm devastated about that. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I fell in love with Creighton after watching them in the first game, and then I saw that second game, and they jumped up to a 2-0 lead against Kansas. But here's the thing is they were set points away from winning that match and allowed Kansas to come back in it and force a five-setter. Not saying Kansas isn't a great team, but you let a, a better team and a team like Michigan where they have the firepower and Abby Cole 
um, to, to, you know, put up some points, I, I, I'm not sure I can fully believe in Creighton anymore. So I've got Michigan in this one, and, you know, I think that they've turned around from the beginning of the year to get to where they are now, and I think they have another win in them. Definitely. I do think that Michigan has changed uh, what they've done from the beginning of the year to now, um, but they they need to – they need to go back to what they did in the first half of the year because the first half of the year they were able to compete with the top teams. And as they went further down the road in, in Big Ten play, they started to really struggle against top, top competition, whereas Creighton just knocked off Kansas, who, who was uh, the number four seed in the country. And, you know, I, I think that they've just got the momentum, and I think the momentum comes in here, and, and I don't know how you can overlook Creighton here. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I, and, you know, again, watching those games, um, I, really, I really did fall in love with Creighton. And there were some, some, really, cool, um, some really cool players that I, I can't remember their names. I want to say it was Lydia Dimke. Um, but there were just some players there that really – this is the great thing about volleyball, in my opinion, is, you know, when they're diving to the stands or, you know, that, that one ball takes that tricky bounce off of somebody's um, – forearm or something like that and you know they go diving for it and they save it and they get the win or they get the point um those are some of the you know some of the momentum switching plays and i i like that creighton can take advantage of that but again i'm worried that you know they did have a 2-0 lead against kansas and we're match i think two match points are a match point away from winning um and and they gave it up to, to kansas so i'm not i'm not sold on creighton i've got michigan in this one that's just great volleyball, Lou. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, another enough, team that, that is always playing Cinderella is, is number 13, BYU. They are 29-3 and three right now, and, and they're taking on last year's uh, runner-up, number four, Texas, at 24-4. and four. Uh, Again, these two did not play during the regular season, but, uh, you know, we, we know a lot about Texas. We saw them all of last year. They returned quite a bit from last year. Uh, you know, I guess the question, Lou, is: Is this is this Texas's year? So here's here's the deal with Texas, and you know, uh, a couple years ago, we we actually saw BYU take down uh, the Longhorns. I think it was 2014 um, where where they lost the national semifinal to BYU. And Texas has had a storied program. That's without a doubt. They've been in the Sweet 16 for 11 consecutive years. They've made it to the Final Four seven out of the last eight years. Um, but they only have two national titles, one in 1988 and one in 2012. So Texas' year, I think that it could be. Uh, this matchup scares me a little bit. I, I think BYU is a really good team, and I think you know this. They are usually underrated. A 13 seed for a 29 and three team, which has the program success that we have been talking about. Um, again, I, I get that they play in a weaker conference, but that being said, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of White on Texas. I think that she can do something. I think she's the leading. She, she is the leading kill uh, kill player on the Longhorns. Uh, mm-hmm. I, again, I like I like BYU. I just don't think the Cougars can match up with Texas's size and strength. Yeah, and I I think I agree with you on what you said there about the non-conference schedule and and conference schedule. For for BYU, it's not their fault, but but they just don't play in a top five conference. They don't play in in a conference where uh, day in and day out they have to face great competition. However, they did do a good job this year 
of setting up some great non-conference stuff early in the season. And they beat Missouri and they beat Ohio State early in the season who are in this tournament right now. So um, they, they did definitely kind of put themselves in a place where they're going to be a little more ready uh, to play at Texas. However, we saw Texas last year and, and a lot of that team is back. And that's a team that, that was very close to winning it all last year. And if it if the, the championship wasn't in Nebraska, arguably they may have been able to win, but the, the, the pressure and the momentum and all of that was just there for Nebraska last year. I just think that this Texas team for now, if we're only talking about Texas versus BYU, this Texas team is huge. They are, when you look at the height advantage that they have over BYU, and I know that's not everything, but when you look at just that, this Texas team should win this in three. We'll see. Yeah, only time will tell, right? We'll get our answer at the end of the week. But And that's that's the other thing, Kyle. You talked about it. Um, the Badgers, I believe, are the only team to hand Texas a loss at home this season. They're 15-1. and one. Um, And I, I, Texas has only lost eight games in total since 2007. So think about that. Almost 10 years now, <laughs> this team has only lost eight games. I mean, that's, that's – I, I think the Cougars are going to put up a great match. And I don't want to write them off by any means, but I, I do think Texas is making it to the national championship again. Where are they playing this game? They're playing it in Texas. <laughs> okay, moving on. Wisconsin, number three, 27 and Greg, four, taking Greg on. Gymnasium. Go, go catch it. Everybody <laughs> in, in, in Texas, all right? Go, go look it up and go take a drive. <laughs> Number three, Wisconsin, coming in at 27 and four, taking on the Ohio State University, 22 and 12. Um, we did see these two go head to head during the regular season, and we did see Wisconsin uh, take two, three to nothing victories. Um, you know, I, I don't see anything different here again. Unfortunately for Ohio State, they ran into a great Wisconsin team uh, early in this tournament, and they didn't get the luxury of maybe facing somebody else that they had a chance against. Um, so this, this, I, unfortunately, I just think this one will be a, another three Oh for Wisconsin. See, you know, I think we were talking right before the show about this matchup and I think it's going to be a good one. Wisconsin, Ohio state. Um, it, it, when you have two conference opponents going at it, a big 10 matchup like this, it's, it's, it's huge. Um, but one thing, Kyle, in that, in that upset of Kansas state for the Buckeyes, uh, Taylor Hughes, she recorded her second triple-double of the season, 41 assists, 15 digs, 14 kills. If the Badgers do not stop her, they're going to have some trouble with the Buckeyes in this third matchup. Now, I'm going Wisconsin, but this one's definitely going five sets. Uh, although the other two did not go five sets, they were sweeps uh, by Wisconsin. I think this one goes five, Kyle. Well, and, and this one I can break it down even further. Uh, for Ohio State, Taylor Sandbooth, uh, was their leading uh, attack uh, kill leader. And in, in the two losses that they had against Wisconsin, she had eight kills and five kills. And if she doesn't get to double digits, this will be another sweep. I mean, they she needs to uh, be aggressive. She needs to, to attack. Um, she needs to find ways to put the ball hard uh, towards the floor uh, of the Badgers' side. So, uh, I think it really comes down to how she plays and, and if they're able to, and if, as you said, Taylor Hughes is able to get the ball to her uh, with an opportunity to attack. Absolutely. It should be a good one. 
so we both got Wisconsin on that one. Both got Wisconsin there, yeah. So Sorry, Buckeyes. Be different on the next one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up we have number six, Stanford at 23-7, and seven, taking on Florida State Seminoles at 26-5. and five. Again, did not play during the regular season, East Coast versus West Coast. Um, but, you know, I think that this is a, a very close – I think this will be a very close matchup. I think that uh, both teams have an opportunity to win this. Um, and I believe you saw Florida State this year. Is that correct? I did. Indeed, I did. <laughs> so I'll, and so I what like do you think about Florida State? So I, I think a lot of people talk about Malika, but I think Katie Horton is going to be the big player in this one to highlight. Brianne Burkett, uh, Burkert, she's also really good, leaves the team in assists. But I think Katie Horton was the one that stepped up against Boston College when I got to see her. Um, and I, she's that player that, you know, you, you don't really expect going into a game to shine, but, and then she shows up and you're like, Whoa, all right, who's this? Let me, let me look at this lineup card and find out who that is. And I think Katie Horton is the player to watch. I think if they can get an early lead, it's going to be huge because they had to go to five sets, uh, in their matchup against Florida. When you, when you defeat a rival like that, Florida, Florida state, um, you have some momentum. So I think that they're going to pick up on that momentum Take down Stanford. It's their first Pac-12 opponent of the season. So I, I got Florida State in this one, Kyle. Yeah, and, and like you said, you know, Florida State, they lost the first two sets to Florida and then came back to win. So kudos for winning the next three, but you cannot get behind Stanford in this game. And, and if they're going to win, they're going to have to win the first set or two to be able to knock off Stanford. I think that Stanford is just a very complete team. They're very well-rounded, and uh, I think that they're going to be able to spread the ball a little bit more. So that's why I went with Stanford, but I do think that this is going to be a close game. This will not be a three-setter. Oh, it should be a fun one. And we'll just keep on rolling. Next up, uh, also in the, the great ACC, number seven, North Carolina, 29-3, taking on number 10, UCLA, at 26-6. and six. Uh, Again, did not play during the regular season, here, I think that uh, when, when I look at North Carolina, there are two junior middle hitters, uh, Taylor Fricano and Beth Norton, uh, have to really step up and attack. And, and they need to help out. Uh, I know that the kill leader was Taylor Leaf, uh, but if the two juniors are able to step up, that's when they've been able to win this year. When the middle hitter is able to hit, they've been able to win this year. For, for UNC to win, that's what I think they have to do. Yeah, and they're looking for a second regional final in the past three years. The Tar Heels, they're a good team. This year, you know, at 29-3, and they've proven themselves. But, Kyle, I think UCLA has some really big wins on the season. They have, they have a great attack. Um, and when you think about the losses to Arizona, um, it, it wasn't really a bad loss, in my opinion, especially now that where you see where Arizona is in the Sweet 16 – you, you can see that those matchups were close, but they were tough. Um, so I think that, you know, if they can keep their attack and, you know, if they go down early, not get discouraged, I think that's going to be huge. They are still a young team, but I do, um, I do think UCLA can pull off the upset against North Carolina, and I've got them moving on. All right. So that's one that we'll have to wait and see because uh, we're, we're going to have different opinions on that one. Uh, next up, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, number two, at 27 and four taking on the number 15 uh, Missouri Tigers at 27 and five again did not play during the regular season 
Uh, we did get to see Minnesota go quite a ways last year, uh, returning quite a bit this year. Uh, Sarah Wilhite, uh, both Taps uh, sisters. Um, I, I just think that this is a, a no-brainer in my opinion. I think Minnesota wins this one pretty easily, unless Missouri can somehow uh, block Will, Sarah Wilhite, and I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I've got Missouri in the Sweet 16 for the first time since 2010. They've never made a Final Four. I don't think it's going to happen this year. Um, moving into our, I guess, our picks, I, I've got Minnesota winning it all this year, uh, this year, Kyle. So I can't say that Missouri is going to upset them if they're my favorite, right? Hold up, you're going to take you're going to take the Golden Gophers this year. I'm I'm taking Minnesota this year. Wow. All right. Uh, I mean, when. <laughs> If we're going to talk about the the whole tournament, I mean, how do you stop the reigning champs from, from going back-to-back back here? I think Nebraska has proven themselves. They are just a dominant team that has so much uh, return from last year and so much firepower that I think they're going to be very tough to beat. Yeah, but they have a tough matchup against Washington, and then if they get yes. to that Final Four, They'll have an even tougher matchup against that Texas team. So I've got Texas losing to Minnesota in the finals. Okay. And if there is one Cinderella team, who you got? If I had to have one, I'd probably pick um, UCLA to probably be my, my Cinderella team. All right. And and I'm I'm gonna keep dancing with, with Creighton. How do you how yeah, do you overlook Creighton? Creighton? <laughs> Creighton, 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 this is your year, Creighton. Keep it going. Absolutely. It should be fun and I, I can't wait for this. All the action starts on Friday, right, Kyle? Friday and Saturday, uh on the ESPN U networks. You can check out all these games. Don't miss a minute of this action. And if you like volleyball, we'll be talking more about it on all of our My Sports Mondays. So come check us out next Monday. Go Bruins. Go Creighton.